Jesus did some of his best ministry in the interruptions, making room for interruptions and seeing interruptions as an opportunity to learn and grow or as an opportunity to to live out more of how I'm wired. Taking your day and looking at your day, not as a, from a taskmaster standpoint and from maybe some of the industrial age way of doing things, but looking at it as, as an adventure, you know, a small adventure, your day can be looked at that way. What's inside? Discovering what you're made of and making the most of it with professional coach Ken Edwards. Helping you understand your gifts, honing your leadership skills, sharpening your natural instinct so you can enjoy a more fulfilling life. You're listening to the What's Inside podcast. I'm your co-host, Eric Nordoff, and I'm here with Ken Edwards. We have the most amazing guest today. He is incredible, if I do say so myself. I really like him. As a matter of fact, I love him. I'm glad you do. He's me. (laughs) Yes. We're interviewing Eric today. I'm on the hot seat. I'm on the hot seat for this one. I just couldn't find anyone else. And Eric just happened to be sitting here. No, that's not true. No, I'm, it isn't. I wanted Eric to participate because he rounds out the group in such a wonderful way. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ken. I appreciate that. Uh, well, we we had a good talk. We're talking uh, in this first half of the What's Inside podcast season two about how do you lead yourself? Self-leadership is so important. Uh Keeping, keeping your, your life organized and your, your things moving forward in your life is, is so important. And, and we had a, I think we had a really good, open conversation about that. We did. One of the things I enjoyed about our conversation is seeing how your structure morphed over time as your needs changed and as you matured. And so it's a good picture of how self-leadership can adapt and change over time. Yeah. I love it. All right, let's listen. Eric, good to have you here today. (laughs) It feels funny saying that because you're always here when I'm doing this. I know, I am here. (laughs) I'm just in a different chair today. You are in a different chair, and I'm glad you are because you have a lot to offer. As you know, we've been doing this series on self-leadership, And then a second interview that will follow up later on how to lead a team. And as part of our process this season, we've been finding people based on their unique gifts, their unique design and personalities and how they're wired. Because I want to give the listeners a broad view of how to lead yourself because everyone's wired so differently. It's easy to fall into the trap of there's a right way when there isn't. There's your way that maximizes the gifting that you have and the energy that you have. And so I really just want to give you an opportunity to kind of riff on how you lead yourself. Okay. And so, and that can look like a lot of different things. It can be, you know, what's your organizational structure and how do you do that? How do you keep yourself literally organized? And then I'm also really interested in just your daily routine habits. Maybe you have in the morning, how do you get your day started and How do you maintain your focus or refocus? A lot of people need to refocus later in the day. So would love to hear you just talk about that. Well, I feel like there's two ways I can answer these questions. One is ideally, 
how I envision my ideal day going. And then the other is the reality. Why don't you do both? Because no one's really talked about that. Yeah. So I do think often we have these ideals, but then there is the real. I run into that all the time. I'm constantly, especially it's funny on Sundays, I look at the week ahead and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be so productive. It's going to be amazing all the things I'm going to get done. And by the end of the week, I find myself exhausted. But what I've learned as I've gotten older is that that's actually really important for me to see and to be aware of that I'm actually, why am I exhausted? And I think it's been going through and being your friend really and going through this process of, of doing this podcast and, and you have influenced me in the area of what's life-giving to you, paying attention to my energy and what is that energy telling me? So what it's telling me is I... I think I can do more than I really can. Uh, maybe it's a superhero syndrome or something, but I tend to think I'm going to be much more productive in the week ahead. So I've tried to find a balance of that. I've done numerous different experiments on myself about how does organization best fit me, who, how I'm wired. And uh, let me just give you a quick summary of that. So I remember when I, it goes back to when I uh, was almost failing in college. So my sophomore year between my, well, the winter break of my sophomore year, I got the report card back, back when you actually did get something in your mailbox. And I brought it sheepishly to my father who was paying for my college. And he was very disappointed in me in the results. He said, listen, I'm not going to keep paying for school if this is what's the result is going to be. So he did two really important things. He gave me a, a deadline. He said, listen, you're, you better get this turned around or you're leaving college and we're going to figure something else out. And then two, he signed me up for a Franklin Planner course. The good old Franklin Planner. The good old Franklin Planner. Yeah, that's great. Which has stuck with me for a long time. So that one day of learning how to use this Franklin planner and implementing it into my life, that's when I got serious about school. My problem was not what was in my head or that I was dumb. It was that I was just not organized and I didn't know how to plan. And the Franklin planner was tremendously helpful because I, I got to look at the syllabus ahead of time and I planned out the entire semester ahead of time. And I learned the concept of A priority, B priority, C priority, one, two, three, four, all of that. And uh, that made a difference. I went from uh, being a, I think having a 1.9 in school to graduating with a 3.2. So every semester after that, I made the dean's list, some of those semesters, depending on the classes I had. And I changed everything around. I got more serious about I realized I could plan and organize and do extracurricular activities like working at the TV station or the radio station. That was when I was studying broadcast journalism. And it, I was more successful as a result. I managed myself well. And the Franklin Planner was really how I managed myself all the way through my corporate life until probably I started becoming self-employed in 2004. That still worked for me, but I recognized the importance of 
it seemed like things switched to project-based outcomes and project-based working. Franklin Planner isn't really great at project. It's great at managing your day and organizing your day and your week and your month and setting your goals and setting things up so that you hit those. But it's not really great project by project. And I started taking on new clients and there were new projects coming up. And I moved away from the Franklin Planner, still using that ABC sort of model of prioritizing my day. But I started just using notebooks. I saw other people just have a, a plain notebook that you get, you know, college ruled notebook. And that was, you know, on the left side, I put what I wanted to do that day. I had different pages and parts of that notebook set aside for projects. And I would break it up into that. And I would just always refer back to the projects and, and mark off, check off when I had those done. Then I moved to, which is more of the way I work now, which is organized time blocks. So I like to have like a 45 minute or 50 minute do not disturb time block uh, for, I like to have four of those for an hour a day, basically. So it's a 45 minute working session or whatever it is I'm working on. And then a 15 minute sort of brie exhale of checking emails. And because I do have this habit of living my life based on the next email that comes in, which I don't like, but I do. So I give myself those 10, 15 minutes to check emails or texts or return messages. And then I jump right back into my second session for the morning of 45 minutes to 50 minutes of intensive work on one project while my phone's on Do Not Disturb. Okay. Yeah. You just answered my question. I was getting ready to ask, are you working on the same project or is that the second block, a second thing? Because my work life, I do a lot of different things that are not congruent with each other. It's what we're going to probably work on. Teaser, there's a season three coming. We're going to be working on me. But it's the Eric Nordoff project. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's a good way to put it. He is a project. But typically I will try to, so I have about four different projects going on at, at different, at various different times in my life, in my work life. So I might work on a music-based project, like my quiet time instrumental music, and I'll compose music for 45 minutes. I might edit a podcast for that 45-minute time period. I may have a coaching session with someone for that 45 minutes, and I may work on the writing worship business that my wife and I have together for another 45 minutes and get whatever I can get done on my kind of to-do list for those projects. So I, I try to stick to four good, solid hours of work where I'm focused and intense. Do you do that in the morning? No, I do two in the morning. Then I take a break and I'll do two in the afternoon. And I like to be done by the time my daughter comes home around three o'clock with the most essential stuff. After that, if it's just bonus, whatever I can get done. It doesn't necessarily work that great for me right now, but it's the best that I can do with the work life that I have set up for myself right now. Now, I'm curious because I never use the Franklin Planner, which probably is not a surprise to you. <laughs> but in the A, B, and C, how were those kind of categorized? Yeah, so an A-level task is something that is both urgent and important that I absolutely have to get done today. Ideally, there should be no more than five A-list, A projects or tasks for the day. 
And then I prioritize those as a one, two, three, four, and five, depending on what I think I want to do first. So the night before, I will typically, or the day before, at the end of my workday, typically around five, I will plan what my next day will look like. I still do this. I still rank those today. So I still have a plan for my day. And I use a focus planner right now. Actually, up until last year, 2021, I had been using a form of a Franklin planner because I still love the Franklin method. But I have a notebook as well. So I have the Franklin planner and a notebook. Everything is pretty much on paper that I do in terms of my schedule and my plan and my projects. But I do keep my schedule, my calendar on my phone. And I, I like having it on my phone because I can share my calendar with Chrissy and we can work together and make sure that we're not, we're able to know what each other is doing at any given time. Cause she's very music oriented and creative and she's writing songs and has co-writes in various different places, sometimes here at the house. And I can't schedule a podcast session here because we work in the same room when we do that. So so I plan it the night before and it's a, and so that's the A's is, is high priority. Sorry, I got off on a little rabbit trail there. The B's are going to be important tasks that I'd like to get done that day, but they're not urgent. And then C's are, you know what? If I am super productive, I'm going to get to the C priorities, but I should have no more than five. So I should have no more than 15 things in the day that I will get done. And you can see why I hardly ever get to the C's. Well, sure. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even get through the A's, but that's how I work right now. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned I really like, it's a practice of mine, and I find myself encouraging people all the time, is to plan the next day, the night before. You know, as you're wrapping up your day, it doesn't take a lot of time. You already are in it, you know. It takes you maybe no more than 10 minutes to kind of think about, okay, what wasn't accomplished? What's really important? Where am I going tomorrow? So when you enter your day the next day, you're not trying to remember stuff or come up with it. You're, you're already ready to go. I don't like feeling that way when I, I just don't know what I'm doing. Right. Going into the day. I don't either. No. Mm -hmm. Weekends are, that's what weekends are for. I love the weekends. Plus, because weekends allow me to think more clearly. I like to plan ahead, the week ahead, what the week ahead is going to look like. Usually Saturday morning. Before everyone's up, I will do that. I'll do my planning. And you talk about, you asked me about morning routine. Can I yeah, tell please. you what that is? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. So typically I will wake up at 6.30. I will typically go to bed around 10, 10.30. Try to get eight hours sleep, ideally. I love sleep. It's very, very fun. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's a good thing. And I will, on a school day, I will help my daughter get ready because she's the only one still left at home. The boys are in college. And I will typically make her lunch for her. And then by 7.15, she's off to school. And that's really where I begin kind of my morning routine. Actually, I should step back. Before she wakes up at, at about 6.45, I will listen to, I've been loving this app called Lectio. And it's my morning devotional, prayer time, meditation it's 10 minutes, but it's such a great way to wake up. So literally I will usually keep my phone on the floor in, in the bedroom. And then I will just listen while I'm in bed. Love to wake up like that. And then uh, I will wake up, have a big glass of water, usually take uh, two probiotics uh, in the morning. 
good gut health is very important. It is. Then I'll start to work on my daughter's stuff. I'll finish that glass of water. I will drink another liquid, but this time I'm mixing greens with fiber. And that's my morning. It's a really great fruity drink. So that's kind of my second dose of, of drink that I have. And this is usually all done by 7.15, all right? So by the time I sit down, 7.15, 7.20, I like to break open my, my journal, which is for prayer and just talking to God and working through stuff. And I will read a devotional of some sort. So re- right now I'm reading a great book called The Book of Mysteries by Jonathan Kahn. And he's a Messianic Jew and he goes into... Uh, some of the traditional Jewish historical reasons for why things are done the way they are and how we got to where we are today in in Christianity. So I love reading that and that's just spurs on a lot of thoughts. And and so I'll journal about that. And usually my journaling is like a two-way journaling. So it's me saying something, God, what I hear the Holy Spirit saying or what God is saying, I'll write that. It's just kind of a back and forth. Yeah, that's good. Chrissy actually taught me that, um, my wife. She's really good at that. And I've been really enjoying that a lot, working through processing. So, and then it's really just journal time. It's not a long period of time. And then I'm also reading a book. I'm reading, right now I'm reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. I just ordered that. I'm supposed to get it tomorrow. No yeah. way. Yeah. It was the most popular book in 2021, nonfiction. Great book. Love it. The Power of Habits. And then, um, so I'll do... 30 minutes of that and I'll take notes. Now I secretly have another motive for all of this because I do a podcast called the courage cast where I'm sharing a lot of that. The topics are monologues of just 10 minutes, moments of inspiration, motivation, faith-based courage, you know, taking heart, taking dose, a daily dose of courage is what I call it. And so I'll take some inspiration from those things and talk about them. Oh, that's good. Where can people find that podcast? You can just find it, uh, Courage Cast. If you just search any podcasting app, Courage Cast, Eric Nordoff, you'll find it. I've done 540 episodes of these things. So I'm a little bit of an overachiever, Ken. Well, you are. And for the listeners, as soon as you're finished listening to my podcast, <laughs> go to Eric's podcast and check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I don't want to take people away from this one. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so you so that's kind of my morning routine. It's 45 minutes to an hour once Anthem, our daughter, goes to school. So by 8.15, I'm... With your routine, I was expecting you to to add your toilet time in there with all that liquid and greens and probiotics. I'm like, Hey, listen, you got to stop somewhere. I'm not going to keep describing the rest of the morning routine, but you know, some things are thorough. I mean, (laughs) some things are pretty regular. Yeah. So you're a fit guy. Do you have a a workout routine built into that? Actually, it's funny. I didn't even mention that. So yeah. Right now, I almost was going to have shoulder surgery. So I've been doing shoulder exercises. So instead of strength training, which is normally what I will do as part of that routine, I will jump into strength training and I'll do 30 minutes of whatever upper body, lower body, whatever is needed, just 30 minutes of strength training. And because it's cold and I'm kind of a wimp, I don't walk until or run until lunchtime. So 
I thought you were going to say June. (laughs) (laughs) That too. That too. If it's below 40 degrees, I have a hard time doing that in the morning. But normally I love to get it all done in the morning. I like to kind of be ready by nine o'clock to go with kind of my first time block. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You're challenging me just thinking about my schedule because I usually see my first client at seven. (laughs) I know. That's crazy. No, that works for you though. Well, it it does, but there's some things that you know, I find a struggle making a home for certain things that I need to figure out. Yeah. So that's good. A lot of times people work out at night. I haven't figured out how to do that. Yeah. I've tried it and I'm just not a big fan. I, you know, I have a number of clients that love it. It's like a stress relief. And, uh, but usually when my day's done, I'm just done. To me, it's like having to take another shower. Yeah. I don't want to have to take a second shower for the day. That's kind of me. I'm lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. So once again, it's just looking at what works for your uniqueness. You know, Eric is a a pretty highly structured fellow, as you all can hear. And he's found systems and that have worked for him. But as his life has changed, he's adapted and changed and made it work for him. But nothing's perfect. Don't look for a perfect solution. Kind of like as you started off talking, it's like you got this ideal, but then you have the real. And usually in the ideal, we have this amazing efficiency that really doesn't exist. And if it did, my guess is it really wouldn't be as productive because we need that space, that wiggle space for creativity and interruption. And I remind myself pretty frequently that you know Jesus did most of his ministry in the interruption. And so to be have that space for things to unfold is a good thing. Well, I think I've, I'm learning to be easier on myself and not be so, not look at it as an opportunity to beat myself up. Instead, look at it as an opportunity to learn and grow and just ongoing process of learning, growing, you know, I'm 50 years old. I'm still learning, wow. still growing. I know, right, <laughs> Ken? Can you believe it? I can. But it's good to just go with that flow of how you're naturally wired and learn. I, I think there's a, it's not selfishness, I don't think. A lot of times there, there's sort of this uh, misnomer about selfishness and that that's somehow a bad thing. It depends on the context of what you're being selfish about. I think that actually looking at myself and being aware of my flaws and look and being aware of how I'm wired and that constant exploration of that is highly valuable for me to be a better husband, father, friend, just a better person to be around because I'm not beating myself up so much. So I'd rather call that selfishness and be more of a blessing to others as a result of taking the time to be selfish. Well, it's, it's what the intentionality is behind it. It's like, what's the purpose? If you're taking care of yourself so that you're around for your family and you can serve your clients more effectively and do life, that's not selfish. It's wisdom. And there is a place that things can become selfish, but having good habits, routines, structure for our day isn't inherently selfish, but so often you know, we get messages uh, either from our childhood or from the culture that says, you know, you should always be outward focused. And I certainly grew up in a culture that was more that way. 
And I've had to learn that, you know, there's just sometimes I need to rest. And, but I grew up in a culture that leisure was kind of a dirty word. And it's like, no, leisure is actually something that can be restorative. And I'm talking about something other than just plunking down in front of the TV. And not, I enjoy TV. I'm not against it. But if that's just all we do, then it may not be nurturing to our mind, our heart, our body, our soul. Right. Yeah, no, I, what you said about Jesus did some of his best ministry in the interruptions, making room for interruptions and seeing interruptions as an opportunity to learn and grow or as an opportunity to, to live out more of how I'm wired. Taking your day and looking at your day, not as a, from a taskmaster standpoint, and from maybe some of the industrial age way of doing things, yes. but looking at it as, as an adventure, you know, a small adventure, your day, it can be looked at that way. It's really kind of what I live for yeah. in my work. It's like, I never know what a client's going to present. There's always a bit of mystery to my work, even though I know the person, I know generally where we're going, but I don't know what's happened in their world. Or if someone's reaching out unexpectedly, for a conversation, then it's like, oh, there's, you know, a new opportunity. To me, it's that sense of interruption or the unexpected that makes life enjoyable. Yeah. No, I love that. I've learned and still learning to just enjoy it a little bit more every day. Yeah, that's great. That's great. For show notes and relevant resources mentioned in today's episode, and if you'd like to reach out to Ken to see if coaching is the right next step for you, visit ProvidentLeadership.com. That's ProvidentLeadership.com. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform.